As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. All right, let's take a moment of silence here real fast. Do you guys hear that? It's almost like a... Just be quiet real quick. I can hear it. Okay, so if you can hear that, that's the kitty. That's the, kitty. the kitty's between my legs, and I am rubbing her neck. And she's, and she's purring, just purring, big time. That is the purr. That's a baby kitten purr. So you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I heard birds too. That was a peaceful two seconds of silence. Yeah. Enjoy your moment of calm. Um, So Nicole today had to get a filling. I don't want to talk about it. And Okay. So I just turned 28 yesterday. Let's say this though. She she blames the fact that she got a cavity on me. So go, go ahead with that. One million percent. So my whole entire life I've had beautiful teeth. Nothing wrong with my teeth. Not even a little bit something wrong with my teeth. Mm-hmm. And Victor comes into my life and he loves <laughs> chips, he loves candy, he loves to eat in bed at night and like I'm a big kid. I'm a big child. Yeah. And so he has rubbed off on me even though I fight it. And I will go to be go to bed eating candy and not brush my teeth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so 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 Cardinal mistake. I have the tiniest cavity. I don't even know if you could I don't even know if it's... Did you see it on the x-ray? No. I don't even know if you can technically call it a cavity. Did they show it to you on the x-ray? No. Oh, okay. I don't know if you can call it a cavity, okay? And what's hilarious is I thought it was on the bottom uh, bottom left and it's on the top right. So <laughs> I clearly can't feel this thing. <laughs> here that's like gum sensitivity on the bottom left that I'm feeling apparently. Because I was like, oh, yeah. They're like, we don't have to numb your tongue and stuff because it's on the top. I'm like, oh, I feel something on the bottom Bottom. Okay. Anyways, I have no idea where this thing is. Yeah. I'm already really distraught that I have a technically a cavity, and I was just kind of gonna let it go. And I kind of wish I did just let it go. But they're like, it could turn into a root canal. And Vic watches these documentaries where like a root, root canals canal are not good. Can kill you. I'm like, oh my god. Let me get this stupid thing fixed. And let, let, at eight thirty. Root canal may mean won't kill you, but it's just not good for you. Yeah. Right, avoid them at all costs. Yes. Yeah. And so here I am going, I asked Mariah, like, what do I expect? Mariah's my best friend. And she's like, oh yeah, they just like stick needles in your mouth and numb you. It doesn't hurt. I'm like, okay, that doesn't hurt. That's so weird. I hate, I hate the dentist. Sorry. Sorry to dentist. She's like, you just feel like pressure and stuff. I was like, okay. So I'm going in this all bubbly. Next thing you know, okay, we're going to numb and then numb on top the numb with a big needle. 
what the freak? I what can the, feel how'd needle, that. How'd the needle? How'd the needle feel? I can feel every bit of it. I don't know what the heck anyone is talking about. But did the shot itself hurt really bad? The shot hurt, <laughs> and the shot was very long. How did they put it in the front of your gum? Uh, so it's like my second to back tooth. So they didn't put it on the roof of your mouth. No. Yeah, God, that, that probably really hurts. I've had that before. So I. They said I had it in the best possible spot for the least amount of pain and complications, but I still hated it. Nicole, and, and I'll let you continue with your story here, but one time I got a shot on the roof of my mouth. <laughs> the dentist was shaking because have you ever felt the. Go ahead right now if you're in your car and feel the roof of your mouth. Yeah, hard. Now think about a needle going into the roof of your mouth. Oh, what, what happened there? I had to get a filling done when I was a kid and it oh. was the most painful. And let me tell you this, I had already gotten other fillings taken, uh, uh, like another filling done. Mm-hmm. And so they had already given me a shot. Yeah. And then so when they did the one on the roof of my mouth, I didn't get any more numb. So they couldn't even use it. So it was a wasted shot. I was so pissed. Oh, geez. Yeah, you told me that before. That yeah. stinks. All right. So then okay. go ahead. So you get your shot. It sucks. I get my shot. It sucks. So they wait like a couple minutes for it to like feel numb. numb but I don't really feel anything different. Okay. And then it's like, bam, in your face with these like vibrations and drills. <laughs> and so my whole body was shaking. I hated what it felt like. I immediately started to sweat and I just was like seeing things. Were and you feeling the needle in, on your tooth? Like, were you feeling them like take out a chunk of your tooth? No, because it was so little. I didn't feel anything about the chunk. I just felt my body shaking. Like, it so it was more the sound, the it vibration, more, and the smell. Yeah, I think it freaked me out. Gotcha. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I'm really sorry for being high maintenance, but like, I'm like really hot. I'm like sweating. I was like, I'm seeing things. As in, like, I think I kept my eyes open with the light and, like, I'm, like, seeing black spots. And because I pretty much put myself into, like, an anxiety attack, I think. So they, like, sat me up, rinsed out my mouth. As this thing's, like, sucking out all of the wetness of your mouth. Like, you you know, like, you're like a cotton ball. A little suction. I had nothing to eat, nothing to drink that this morning. Anyways... I sat up, put a wet washcloth on my head, and I was fine. I was like, oh, good, I'm fine. So then they continued, and I was fine after that. I think I was just, like, taking it from the advice of, oh, you don't feel anything. Oh, it's completely fine to, oh, I feel everything, and this is not completely fine. Mm -hmm. So that's what really... You know, if you're going to tell your friends something, <laughs> tell them it's worse than what it really is. So that way they're, like, come out and they're like, oh, that wasn't bad. Not like, oh... You know, Mariah, I told her, I called her right after. I was like, don't you ever tell any of your friends that you don't feel anything. (laughs) Because it's not true. And once I started feeling the shot, I immediately thought something was going wrong. (laughs) Like, What's going wrong? Like, am I not numb? (laughs) As somebody, especially as a child that got several fillings, and then I moved and with the shots and everything. So do fillings... I think they're, do they run in your family or do you think you just didn't yeah, brush your teeth? I think they, 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 it's more genetic than anything, I feel like. Because mm-hmm. um, there's people that just never yeah. get them in their whole life and they don't even brush that much. You know what I mean? <laughs> that so, was kind of me for a long time. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, so I, and I, I think I've told you this before, but I remember I was in California when I was older mm-hmm. and I went to this dentist and they're like, you got a cavity. And I was like, oh, hell. Like I was pissed, right? I was not happy at all. Because I know the process as an <laughs> yeah. older person. Now, now I'm really changing my ways. And I, and I do, <laughs> and I try to do the best I can. You know what I mean? And so, but they're like, oh, look, you don't, you, we have a laser. We don't use a drill or anything like that. The only thing we use is uh, the, it's, it's the, the thing to put your 
tooth back to normal mm-hmm. so you can oh, bite, yeah. you know what I mean, after they put the filling in. And I was very skeptical. She'd be like, you'll be in and out 15 minutes yeah. max. Yeah. And sure enough, I go in there and it's a laser. There's no drill. They don't have to numb you. It all, all it goes is like... And that's them like taking out the the cavity, yeah. And then they just fill it, and then they just put it back to normal, so you can bite did you, normal. Did, so no, no I pain. did not feel anything. The oh only thing gosh. I felt I'm was going to California next as a time. slight <laughs> vibration of them just putting uh, everything back to normal uh, in oh, terms of. Oh, they do not have that around here, man. They bring out the tools that you see in the haunted movies. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's oh not the, it, my gosh! You know, we don't live in the right location for that. Shout out to all the dentists out there. You are much needed, but. Man, do I hate going to the dentist. And I, I like, did not mind going to the dentist because I've never had to go through this process. And, like, okay, it wasn't, like, that bad. If I had to go again, I would oh, have to go. I've gotten a root canal. I've gotten oh, it all. Oh, jeez. But know. I'm just saying, that was not my normal cleaning experience <laughs> that I go every six months. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad because I just sit there and... No pain. We are supported by Beta Brand. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a pro tip for keeping a routine and getting into a work mindset while working from home. Put on some real pants. Beta Brand dress pant yoga pants look professional and stylish, but are as comfortable as your favorite sweats. Yeah, I really like uh, when Nicole wears these because I think they're like professional pants. And then Mm -hmm. I get up close and I touch them and they're like yoga pants (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're functional comfortable and they're as inspiring as your favorite workout gear so basically they look like professional pants that you could wear to church to work but they feel like yoga pants you don't have to worry about the tight buttons that you need to unbutton after you eat lunch which is what i would do um so they're super comfortable stylish and they make your butt look good there's tons of different colors, different styles to choose from, like boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped. There's eight pockets. Um, I go for, I have like the green skinny leg, and then I also have, I buy any weird pattern I can find because that's just mm, me. Nicole loves them. They're like her favorite pants. Yes, and right now our listeners can get 25% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash coco. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash coco. Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants. Go to betabrand.com slash coco for 25% off. Oh, your voice. Okay, so today we have a really, 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 really awesome guest. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's definitely very inspirational. Mm-hmm. Travis Mills, and he is actually from kind of where we're from. Yeah, he's from Michigan. Yeah, so that's cool. He doesn't live in Michigan anymore. But I think you're really going to love this episode. We loved it. He's amazing, and I can't wait to hang out with him and his wife in real life. Hello? Hey, am I supposed to be on a uh, on FaceTime video or just audio? Uh, just just audio because we don't like how we look. Uh, <laughs> we we specifically choose to podcast because we don't like the video. <laughs> that's, that's not true. You're a very very good looking couple. Oh, I mean that in the nicest you. way. Thank you. Um, thank you. I, I, I will tell you, I did love your luscious locks. Um, <laughs> I can't believe they're gone. Me neither. I'm so sad that they're gone. So I know, and that's what that's what you get for helping people. Both of you just out there crushing the world. You know, if I if I did my research right, state trooper and RN. Yes, yes. So sir. just giving back and watching your season because we're avid. I'm not just kissing um, your butts. We're yeah. avid, amazing race people, just oh, like no Survivor. Way. Yeah, 
watching the season, I was just like, he is such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. I would like to hang out with him. <laughs> is, that nice. no. is that weird? No. That is not, you know, uh, it, I've heard much more weird things because, you know, some people don't watch like the Big Brother and they watch the live feeds so they know like your sleep cycles. So somebody saying that yeah. I'm a nice guy and they'd like to hang out with me. No, that's not weird at all. And we're close. We live by you. So yeah, we could totally, hang out with yeah. you. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> Well, I'm just all I, all I was saying was when I was watching guys' season, like you, you're both very wonderful people. I'm like, they're such a nice, like, how could you ever be mad at those? I was pulling for you guys the whole time, and then I'm like, he just seems so nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, either way, well, where, yeah, where do you guys live at? We live in the Thumb in Ubley. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Vassar. Oh, exactly. Yes. So actually, I, as part of my patrol, I patrol Tuscola, which includes Vassar, Tuscola County. Um, nice. Yeah. So I, I know exactly where that is. I'm actually there quite a lot. Wait, do you not <laughs> live there now? Oh, no, I live in Maine. Oh, I thought you still lived in Vassar, which, because I thought we could actually do this one in person. And that's when I was talking to my assistant about it. But that's so, okay. So I know your yeah. foundation and stuff's in Maine, but I didn't know that you moved there. So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, my uh, my wife's from Maine originally, and then I joined the military at um, 18. I did a semester of college at Grand Rapids Community. I played football. Okay. And I was like, I was like, you know, uh, I'm only really in college for football right now. Like, I don't really like school, per uh-huh. se. So uh-huh. I wasn't a big fan of, like, going in debt for that reason. So I joined the military, and uh, my medic on my first deployment his little sister thought I was cute, and she sent a MySpace friend request. She was like 18 in college. My you know, MySpace. Yeah. MySpace. Wow. I know. I know. And then I was I was 20 in Afghanistan, so we started chit-chatting, and here we are. You just celebrated last weekend um, on the 21st our, our 12th year of marriage. Wow. So, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, happy that, anniversary. Yeah, happy Thank anniversary. Thank you. Well, you know. When I got injured, it was an obligation factor. She felt she had to stay. And now I have a social media presence where I'm like, I will wreck you if you leave. So, <laughs> you know. You know, yeah. what, you know what's funny? Uh, I, I, love, I love your sense of humor. I mean, mm-hmm. and for the people listening, this is, this is Travis Mills. He, he's, a, he's a motivation to everybody right now. And not because he thought he was going to be a motivation to everybody his whole life, right? <coughs> Something happened. And we'll get to that. And then now you're just like an inspirational speaker. You're a motivational person. And, and you really touch the lives of a lot of people through what you've been through and what you've been able to do because of it. Um, and so I guess let's let's just kind of get into that. So you, you join the military. You know, you, you start talking to this girl on MySpace. <laughs> and uh, what were you yeah. doing? Uh, you were in the Army. Uh, what were you doing over there in Afghanistan? What was your What was your job? Well, the first time I went, I was a personal security detachment, and we just were with a colonel. So we just drove around with the colonel, making sure it was safe. Really mm-hmm. awesome job to be like 19, uh, private in the army. And then since I was infantry, which means I had four extra weeks of like training, yeah. <laughs> they were like, hey, you're, you're infantry, so you get to be a truck commander of this Humvee, and you just sign for $6 million worth of equipment. And I'm like 19 going. Yeah, no problem. Let's get this. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and, uh, I got it. No worries. <laughs> yeah. And then I did a 15-month deployment. Uh, I met a girl online and, you know, when I, um, first time I ever met her, my, my wife now, Kelsey, the first time I ever met her, like we were chit chatting online and her brother was my medic and he was not pleased, but, um, <laughs> I decided, you know, I'd been overseas 11, 11 months by then. And I said, you know what? I deserve a vacation. So I get 18 days off. So I said, do you want to go to Mexico? And she said, yeah. 
Oh, that's so awesome. Dallas. <laughs> yeah, so I flew into <laughs> Dallas and I picked her up because she lived in Dallas um, from 11 years old on. And we went to Cozumel, Mexico for a week. Never met before. Just went and hung out. <laughs> no way. And then, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then I um, went back to Michigan, showed her off to the family and stuff. And then I went back overseas and she went back home. Um, we got engaged and then got married uh, shortly after coming back from my, my deployment. And then, uh, yeah, I guess bought a house or bought a dog and an apartment. That makes it official. Once you buy the dog, yeah. you know, you know, you're really locked in at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah, I know. I know. I still got the dog. So that's good. <laughs> uh, or we do. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, we, we got married. I, I did our deployment overseas, a lot different, a lot more firefights and grenades and stuff like that. My actual infantry job. And then came back home, bought a house and had a daughter. And then I went a third time. I didn't have to go a third time, but my guys were going, so I thought I'd better go. So uh, I got my orders canceled. I, I just got a quick question before we get a little yeah. bit further. What is a deployment like? I mean, you hear like 15-month deployment, right? And you know, some people are like, oh, that's just like a 15-month job away from home type of deal. But what's it like to go to Afghanistan on a deployment? Well, you know, it's um, – it's, I got to be honest with you. Like deployment's better than being back home in the Army. Like you oh. get to be at home in the Army like with your family, but at like uh, – you know, they call it garrison life. Yeah. Garrison life, you got to like – Oh, it's it's nowhere near as fun as like deployment life. Like deployment, you don't got to do like all the stuff you have to do back in garrison life. Like you're just out patrolling, you know, you're with all your buddies. Um, firefights are as weird as it sounds. Biggest adrenaline rush I think I've ever had. And I mean, yeah. I jumped out of airplanes in the 82nd Airborne Division as well. And you just know that that person next to you, whether your friends outside of work, like you, they got your back. So yeah. deployments. I mean, it gets it gets a little bit monotonous and boring, but I don't know. It's kind of it's different than high school friends. I would say you make friends from deployment that you'll be able to pick up conversation any time of the day, any t- any you know time of the year. Whereas like sometimes people you went to high school with and saw every day till you were eighteen, that mm-hmm. you see them now and you're like, hey, uh, how you doing? How's it going? <laughs> you know? yeah. And that's not that's not a knock on anybody that I went to school with. Yeah, I'm just absolutely. Saying, different kind of bond. And I, maybe you have the same thing, you know, in the police force with yeah, absolutely. You yep. know, things you guys can talk about, experiences about calls and. Stuff like that, where in mm-hmm. high school you kind of reminisce about the old days, and then it's like, well, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's a recycled conversation almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but it, it was a good time. Um, Is it weird my, just my... like living in? Because basically, you guys set up your camp in a spot basically in the desert, almost right? Like you you create a facility. Uh, that there wasn't before. Is that kind of like how that works? Yeah. So like the infantry guys depends. Normally you don't live in the nice area, like on a nice big fob or base. You know, like we would take compounds, like like houses, are like mud huts, and we would take compounds from the Taliban and we'd set up shop there and we'd live there for a little bit. And then uh, somebody would come and backfill us. Usually the Italians that were deployed as well would come and backfill our position. Then we'd go push to another position and take that ground. Um like my second deployment, I took four showers in one year, like four actual showers. No and not like, way. I'm not here to cry about it, but yeah. Um, well, that's what I'm talking about. Like this is the stuff that people don't hear. I mean, mm-hmm. they just see they they watch maybe like a movie, you know, well, and, yeah. and, yeah, and, and then you, that's it, right? Yeah, and the worst part is um, when you're overseas and you go so long without a shower, and then you get offered a shower. Like you're like, hey, we're going back to refit. It's your turn to go. Do you want to go get a shower? You're like, not really. <laughs> and people might think that's weird. You know, like that's going to sound weird. But yeah. Then you got then you got to go like another three weeks to get comfortable enough with how bad you smell and how gross you feel. Mm. And you're just, you're just like, no, I, I'm okay. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna ride this one out. You take a water bottle, you take your knife, and you cut three or four holes in the top, and you squirt it over your head. Um, 
and you get as clean as you can with like four water bottles. And you're like, that's good enough for me because mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I took four showers in that one year and it's, I don't know, love. Like I threw some grenades down and the, like a chimney and a house that was getting like shooting at us and stuff. And it's adrenaline. But, uh, but you know, then you get back and you're excited for the creature conference. Like iPhone was like a big thing. <laughs> like, oh, look at the iPhone. <laughs> um, I can call my mom and dad. I can. I can sit with my wife on the couch and, you know, watch my favorite show, Amazing Race. Whatever. No big deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but you, you miss that stuff too. Like go to McDonald's and like just grab a burger rather than eating the MREs that they give you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and but, you, you know, know, sometimes, and th- that's what gets me sometimes and not to get, I mean, not to knock on other people for having different opinions, but when they, there's everybody that's anti everything, right? I mean, that that's just happens in this world because everybody has their opinions, but they don't know what people go through on a daily basis over there to then come back here, right? And then be giving every freedom that you have here. And then these guys are coming back and like, I can finally for the first time do things that I wasn't able to do for the last year and a half, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like, you know, you hear people complain about stuff. And you're like, wow. Like that's really that's that's really first world problem, eh? Yeah, you know. Like, <laughs> like I'm just like so happy to get a bacon uh, McDouble. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> but that's weird. I don't know. I steak dinner, whatever you want. Yeah. But uh, just being able to have that kind of stuff, and then um, you know, electricity and indoor plumbing and and water, you yeah. know, and stuff like that's like, oh, this is awesome. This is so great. <laughs> but, um, but I don't complain, you know. And people ask me about the military, like. I loved it. Like I, I, uh, I would still be in. I'm sure if I wouldn't have, you know, had what happened to me go on yep. and and things like that. But you know, you gotta you gotta push forward and you just kind of adapt with what happens. And and I have a really really good life now, so very thankful. Absolutely. So with COVID right now, I know everybody's at their house. Uh, most people, if you are working, you're you're very busy and it's a hectic schedule. And if you're at home, there's a lot of downtime to think about a lot of stuff and. Better help is there to help you, right? So if you're having any tops, uh, any thoughts of depression, or you have stress, anxiety, relationship issues, trouble sleeping, anger, Better Help is there for you. They're counselors that can talk with you as in as quick as 24 hours. They have counselors in all 50 states, and they'll help assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So this is not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you'll be connected in a safe and private online environment. Everything you say is confidential. It's very convenient, professional, and affordable. And you can check out the testimonials that are posted daily on their site. Again, this is not a crisis hotline, but this is a professional counselor that has services available for clients worldwide. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash Coco. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Coco. So you go now, you're, you're, you know, you're basically, you set up your family life and you don't have to go to this third tour of deployment, but you said you wanted to go because your guys were going. Yeah, I just thought it wasn't um, wasn't fair to them if I was just like, you know, hey, you guys go ahead. There's a brotherhood, right? You get people yeah. that come from all across the nation, um, you know, and and uh, like Puerto Rico, and I know it's not like part of the nation as yeah. a state, but you know, Puerto Rico and uh, the other countries that will serve in the military and stuff like that. And you just, I don't know, you become 
brothers and you just think you've got to go overseas because they're going overseas and it's not right. You've been their leader. And I had, you know, my, my team underneath, you know, below me and I thought, let's just go. My wife understood it. And not to mention tax-free money with a newborn is not bad. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I deployed. I said, yep, let's just roll with it. And I deployed and it was a very hot zone. Uh, the first day was like a huge firefight and it continued like that. Um, for the whole time I was there, I was there for about a month and a half. What's, um, what's, uh, what, like, what, what's it like to be in a fire? Are you just, do you know you're about to be in a firefight? Are you just walking like in a formation or in your Humvees and the next thing you know, bullets start hitting you guys or like, how does that? Um, yeah. So we were on foot. So we would walk on a patrol. You kind of, everything would go quiet. If you will, like the people in the village would all be gone, right? They would no longer be there. And you're like, Oh, well, something's about to happen. Uh-huh. And, um, is that an eerie feeling? A little bit. You're on, but they don't they don't shoot from close. So like their accuracy is so bad. Um, they want to take pop shots and run, oh. and they're shooting from like six hundred, eight hundred meters away. So yeah, bullets will zip over your head or zip around you. And I've had close calls, right? I had a sniper almost hit me in the face. Oh, well, um, that's freaky. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was. Um, I never really showed fear. Like I was. Like, I'd take a knee if I had to, but barely, rarely do I should take a knee. And I was directing, like, the big heavy cruiser weapons, I call them, the big guns. Okay. Um, that, that, like, the machine guns. I was in charge of the heaviest machine guns that you carry on um, patrols. I was in, I had two teams of them. Uh-huh. So I didn't really have time to, like, stop and, like, take a knee or get in the prone position and start firing back. I had to make sure that my gun in the front of the posi- fire, um, then the front of the formation or file was shooting the right way and the gun in the back was doing it. So I was always moving. Okay. Um, but... I don't know when when rounds are cracking. If you just keep your cool and stay calm. Uh, first firefight we got into. I'm always happy and joking. I never yell. I never was like the guy you see on TV, like you know, in the movies. I was a real jerk, and I was a, like one of the highest ranking people overseas in oh. my my uh, my platoon. Um, I was the third highest um, seniority wise when it came down to um, like first sergeant, platoon sergeant, and then me, weapon squad leader. It was a senior E six out of the four E sixes. Okay, and you know, these guys that didn't really know me that well, that came kind of late into the party, if you will, they didn't know how I got promoted so fast or how I was doing so well in my career because they never saw me in a firefight. The first firefight we got into, um, two guys that were team leaders that had been overseas before, they were just like shooting rounds and not really doing what they're supposed to. So I went, they weren't even my squad, but I went and kicked <laughs> them. And I said, hey, what are you doing? Like, you guys have been here before. Act like you've been here. Let's let's get after it. Yeah. And I controlled their rates of fire. And I didn't think nothing of it. I was just yelling at them because they weren't doing their job right, and I needed them to do better. And later on, like we went back to our our, uh, our cop or fob, if you will, Ford Operating Base, and we did a refit of ammo because we spent a lot of ammo that day. Mm-hmm. And they came up to me and they say, look, Sergeant Mills, we're going to be honest. We had no idea when we got here like why you were the E6 and why you weren't mean like everybody else and why you never yelled. And they said, but now – we get why how you made your rank and we'll follow you to hell and back. And I was like, well, that's a compliment. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, but well, because just in, doing in, your job. You in know? a moment like that, I mean, you you people are watching you and they get that vibe off of you. So if you start freaking out, firing off rounds like that, they're gonna be like, oh, something's really wrong. <laughs> but if you yeah. stay level headed, everybody's like, oh, okay, you know, I feel safe, right? Because he's yeah. calm, so I'm calm. Well, in that firefight in particular, we had uh, people going across the dry riverbed, and one guy like turned to run and he went down and like oh my gosh you know sergeant butler's down and my first sergeant was going to send a whole squad to go get him and i'm like no what are you doing i said here hold this i threw my m4 to him um so i didn't you know made sure i could free myself up for running so i uh-huh. ran down the bank down into the middle of the riverbed and i picked him up on my shoulders and ran him out and i was just like 
there's no, you know, there's no reason to like send a whole squad of firepower when I can just do it myself. Wow. Oh, wow. So, wow. But, yeah, but the things like that happen all the time in combat. Like I'm not some special person. I'm not sitting here like trying to glorify what I did. I just, yeah. you know, and when it, when the time comes, just like you guys, both in your professions, and when you need help, you step up. When, you know, I know we haven't got to what happened to me, but I had, you know, seven nurses and nine doctors working that one time on me. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so, let, sorry let's, if I let, the gun no, there. Yeah. let's go, let's go right into that. Let's go right into that. So I guess just take us to that day. What, what was going on? Yeah. So on April 10th of 2012, I, I got a phone call or we got a phone call from Village Elder when he needed to go help him with some stuff. And we did like normal. And on our patrols, we always had a guy in the very front that had a minesweeper, and he would go back and forth across the ground to see if there's anything under the ground. And nothing alarmed us there was anything there. And he went not once but twice. So I said, okay, cool. Came to a short halt, took my backpack off because, like I said, we had all the machine gun rounds, mm-hmm. um, the teams do. So we would link about 2,000 rounds together in case we got into something. They would just rip through all the rounds backpack to backpack. You just would break the link and pick okay. up and go. Yep. But – my, my backpack is about 120 pounds with all the ammo and Ooh, water and food wow. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I put my backpack on the ground, and underneath it was a bomb that wasn't detected. Mm. And when it went off, it took my right arm, right leg off automatically. Oh. Uh, they didn't find those pieces of me. And then I got thrown on the left side of my face. And when I rolled over on my back to see the aftermath, my left leg was dangling. So you could imagine your left ankle bone touching your left thigh. Eesh. Right? Yeah. And then my left – Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm so nonchalant about it. I guess it's just, for me, it kind of is what it is. Um, and then my wrist was blown out pretty good, but I still had to use my thumb and index and middle finger. Um, the other two were mangled up, the pinky and ring. But, so I hit the ground, rolled over, saw what happened. My medic, Dan Bateson, runs over to work on me. And I, I told him, don't worry about it. You're not going to save me. Go fix my guys. So I had other guys yelling medic. Yeah. And in my head, I just see the movie Saving Private Ryan. And the only thing I'm thinking is don't show any fear. Because I keep thinking about the medic getting shot in the stomach in the movie, yep, and he cries yep. out for his mom. Yep. He begs not to die, and then he ultimately dies. And I thought, in that situation, how they're going to remember me is very important. So I'm not going to freak out and yell for my mom. I'm not going to beg for my life. And at the end of the day, it's not my choice. Um, my medic ignored what I told him to do, you know, and he started working <laughs> on my right side. Uh, my platoon sergeant started working on my left side, and within, like, you know, uh, 30 seconds, he had tourniquets on both arms both legs. Well, when they're working on me, I don't know what to do with myself, so I reach out with my left hand that still works a little bit, and I hit my trucker mic on my chest, and I call my lieutenant, and I say, hey, Six, this is four. I got guys injured. I need your medic with mine. So their element came to us. Doc Voice worked on the other two guys that were injured, got them stable. They, they were they were injuries, but they weren't as severe, I guess, as mine, yeah. but they are still injured. And then they went ahead and worked on me, and they put a sternum IV in me, and they got me on a helicopter within 10 minutes of that. Um on the helicopter ride, I started yelling at the flight crew because one of my guys was yelling out. And he was in pain. He had every right to be. Mm-hmm. And I started yelling at the flight crew. But they had their helmets on. So I got my left arm loose of the strap and I t- swung it over my head. And I said, take your helmet off. Um, and he took his helmet off and said, give my guys water until they're going to be okay. And I'm like trying to calm those guys down. <laughs> oh, my and, gosh. Man. Yeah, well, because if you think about it, I mean, what's, what's left for me to do, right? Yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to live. I'm not going to show that. I'm upset about it. I'm not going to like let their last memory be me crying for my life because I don't think, and not that that's a weak thing to do. I just, in my head was like, not going to happen. Yeah. And well, yeah. I'm, and I, yeah. I also see like you, those are your guys that still have to be on a mission. Right. So you don't want to put that on oh, them. Not these, not these guys. The two on the helicopter weren't going to be on the mission no more. Um, yeah. not for a while anyway. Yeah. And I had like this protective goop they put in my eyes 
And they, I was like, like the beer goggles, but I could see some winking at the one guy yelling, you're going to be fine. It's okay. And then I'm telling the men to give these guys water. And I actually wrote a book. It's a New York Times bestseller. And it has a letter that the first sergeant and the E6 um, medics that were on that helicopter that day, like wrote to my wife about like, they couldn't believe in this situation what I was doing, but I guess it just revert to my training, you know, mission first. Um, and then they got me on a stretcher and they, were pushing me down on the gurney or stretcher or whatever, like through the hallway. And I kept trying to sit up <laughs> and the nurses kept pushing me down. And I said, quit touching me. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I got to back to my guys. I got my feet underneath me. And the nurse looked at me and said, look, Sergeant Mills, I don't know how you're still awake right now, but you need to go to sleep. And they pushed fluids in to knock me out. And as they knocked me out, last thing I looked at that nurse and I said, like my little girl, am I ever going to see her again? Cause my daughter, mm-hmm. Chloe was only six months old at the time. And they knocked me out. And then, like I said, nine doctors and seven nurses worked on me around the clock for 14 hours wow. to get me stable still critical but stable and they also um when they started to uh, like undress me and stuff my left leg just was done so that it just came off and i had over 400 units of blood given to me which was the most blood ever given in afghanistan at the time um i went from a positive blood to uni- like the universal blood because they ran out, <laughs> of, they ran out so of a positive wow. yeah it, they switched it back to a i mean they didn't it switched back to a positive yeah. but yeah. uh they were doing like we need blood now like mass call um, they're donating right out of people's veins. So I had like a bunch of tests afterwards. I'm, I'm good, but they were worried. Like they didn't screen the blood properly. They just needed it for yeah, the time. They need it fast. They need it now. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, I don't know. They just two nurses for nine hours took turns pumping air out of my lungs, you know, and think about that. I mean, the profession that, um, that is that you are in actually didn't give up. Like they could loosen one tourniquet within two minutes at the most. I bleed out. And I'm dead. They go back to their day. But they're like, nope, we're not giving up. So they gave them the opportunity to still be alive by working on me and not giving up on me in the dire situation that we found ourselves that day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, while this has happened, my brother-in-law is getting a phone call about what happened. So he flies in to see me because, you know, we're really, we're really close. He yeah. wasn't really that mad. I married his sister. <laughs> yeah. But he flies in and finds out what happened because when you go overseas, um, you fill out a thing called a blue book. And basically, you plan your funeral. Like, if I die, I want this music played. I want to be buried with this. I want to have this kind of funeral, military or civilian. I want to have this. And the last thing is, who escorts your body back to your family? Uh, you know, obviously, he was going to take me home, and I would take him home if something happened to him. Yeah. And um, he flew in and found out what happened and, and saw me. And then they flew me to Bagram on April 12th, and they took me in for a clean-out, and they realized the skin on my left hand had necrotized. So it died, unfortunately, and they had to cut it off. Um, so I became a quadruple amputee. And then two days after that, they flew me to Longshore, Germany, and they woke me up for the very first time in Germany. And when I came to, I talked to my brother-in-law. He was the only one in the room. And I said, you know, my soldiers are my soldiers. I asked about them first. And he told me, you know, about Ryan and Brandon. And then I said, am I paralyzed? And he said, no. And I looked at him and I said, Josh, I can't find my fingers and toes. Like, you can tell me the truth, bud. And he said, look, you're not paralyzed. You don't have them anymore. And I said, oh. So, like, I ignored everybody for three hours, doctors, nurses, yeah. jobs. I didn't want to have a conversation. I have questions of my own in my head. Am I a bad person? You know, what did I do wrong in life? How can I be a husband and a father? I think a big question I had, and, and I, it's, I'm not embarrassed or anything to admit it, was, mm-hmm. you know, why didn't I just die? You know, the whole yeah. uh, Lieutenant, like, Lieutenant Dan feeling, right? Yep. Like, yep. like why, I was, you know, why didn't I just die? How is this better? Um, but finally, he convinced me to call my parents and my wife, and I did. My wife finally said, hey, what's up? Fine. Love you. Bye. And my my parents 
about the same thing, except for when I hung the phone up, my mom yelled happy birthday because that was my 25th birthday that day. <laughs> oh, no way. How long were and, you so How long were you uh, sedated for? How long were you out for before they brought you back? Uh, they, they um, four days. They medically sedated me for four days. Oh, okay. Wow. And then they woke me up. And then um, it was kind of funny. I don't know. Not a lot of people know about Kelsey and I, but when we got married in June, um, we actually got married one time before that. Um, we had a little little courthouse wedding on oh. April 17th. <laughs> yeah, so we don't talk about it. We don't celebrate it. But they flew me to Walter Reed on April 17th. So the first time I saw my wife was our anniversary. Yeah. And I'm four years. And she's like, happy anniversary. I said, no, we don't talk about that. She said, we don't celebrate this one. <laughs> you know. And then she had to sign paperwork, actually. When she first saw me, they said they had to cut two inches off my right leg because the sutures had split and had ripped. And like, he's going to bleed out if you don't sign this. So she did. And it took me into surgery automatically. And then, like, the next day, they, um, where she came in the room, and uh, I told her she probably should take the house and the cars and any money we have and go. It's not the life I choose for her. Yeah. You know, but she was really stuck on handicap parking. So she's like, I really want that. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, nah, she, she said, that's not how this works. I'm going to stay. And yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's like the broad overview of how those seven days went. And then there was like 19 months at Walter Reed that I had to recover. Um, and learn how to do everything. I mean, you got to think about mm-hmm. going from 250 pounds, um, six foot three stature, lifting weights a lot. Um, at one point in my life, my arms were like 22 inch biceps. Not to brag, just saying like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're, you, know. you were that guy. You know what I mean? You were that guy and you were in military. Super yeah, I know fit, you're not, you you're know not I mean? that guy. I, like, I haven't <laughs> seen you on TV. You're not that guy. <laughs> I'm, not, anyway, I'm no. not that guy. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, and, and I went from 250 to 140. Ooh. You know, I lost 110 pounds and, uh, I was very weak. I, I got so weak at one point I couldn't roll right or roll left or sit up by myself. And, you know, I had to have everybody help me do everything, get dressed, feed myself, um, use the restroom. So like the lowest point of my life and everything that the hardest part for me was a mental part of it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the physical stuff I could do, right? I'm going to learn how to sit up. I'm going to learn how to walk again and stuff. But mentally I'm like, man, why did this have to happen? And you just, you know, you can't change what happens, so you got to just keep pushing forward. Yeah, and I, and I can't imagine. I mean, now obviously, I'm, I'm listening to the story, and I'm like, man, my my coffee's a little cold, and why am I complaining? Right? <laughs> like, it, well, it really cold gives coffee's you... the only way to drink it. So I'm not sure. What, you like hot coffee? <laughs> that's, how, that's how I am too. <laughs> well, I, I get <laughs> I get made fun of because every morning I put like three to four ice cubes in my coffee. Cause <laughs> if it's not, if it's too hot, I'm like, no. No way. Warm, I'm good with. Well, you see that this is, and this is off topic, but I'm weird about that. If I have to go somewhere to get iced coffee, I can't just make my own coffee by throwing ice cubes in it. I don't know. It's just no, because it waters it down. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It waters it down. But I add my at. almond milk, French vanilla stuff, and it tastes delicious either way. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. They have these turbo chillers my wife got me. You, you fill it up with water, and it goes inside the freezer. It freezes. You put it in there. You shake it for 30 seconds. comes out. Iced coffee, basically. Oh, you don't nice. lose any. No, yeah, really cool. Turbo chillers. Sorry. No, we, we, no, we got <laughs> yeah. off topic. We're good. But, but the, <laughs> the moral of that little story is, you know, people and me included, we complain about things that aren't a big deal. Yet you had to go through this whole thing, and you're still working on it day to day, and you have the best attitude in the well, world. What I don't. What's hard? What's crazy for me is you were in that accident you know you're you don't think you're gonna survive but you're still able to stay level-headed and not scream and not i just 
I know that people would like to maybe think that that's how they would react, but until you're in that situation, you don't really know if you can react like that. And so I'm just still stuck on <laughs> him, like, getting people's attention for other people. Or, like, yeah, having the conscious of mind to like, go for your radio. Like, raising his arm that he can still raise, yeah, and call for medics for other people. And, I mean, I'm, I, 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 I can't even wrap my head around that because I just feel like it's human nature to, like, cry for help when you need help. But you were just like, you didn't. No, it's like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. They need help. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I think, I, you know, I watch a lot of war movies. And I still do. Like, none of that stuff bothers me. Like, I don't have any nightmares about what I did overseas. I, you know, I, fortunate, right? Fortunate, I can yeah, say. But absolutely. I watch the movies and, you know, you watch like Band of Brothers and they said, the best thing to do is like, just realize you're already dead and you'll be a good soldier. And I wasn't thinking I was already dead, but, you know, it's kind of like that, that numbness to what can happen. Mm-hmm. And also understanding that perception is everything for me. And if I'm the guy that people are watching because I'm injured, but also on the battlefield when I was fighting, um, you know, like I, I don't need them to have a memory of that. Like they yeah. need to stay strong and keep pushing forward. And you know what? Um, like when that sniper round almost hit me, like me and my LT were next to each other and we're right between our heads. And, and like I rolled in and I was so mad that I rolled away instead of staying there and fighting. I stood up on top of a berm and I just ripped off a magazine and a half right from where I thought the guy was at. Um, and I got yelled at to get back down by my, my lieutenant and stuff like that. But I was I wasn't getting down until I was done, proving that I wasn't afraid. Yeah. And they have they have a thing called a raid camera um, that goes thirty feet in the sky and it goes three sixty view. And where our base was at, they could see us in the firefight we were getting into. And they they looked at the camera and my first, and the guy on the camera duty um, sergeant um, uh, Leiden, he was like. That's either the CO or Big Mills on top of that because we had two Millses. Um, and the other guy was like six one two oh five. Like, how am I small? Why do I got to be a little Mills? Like, <laughs> uh, but he was like, that's either the CO or that's that's Sergeant Mills. My first sergeant goes, that's Sergeant Mills. Um, he's he doesn't he doesn't shy away from combat. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess that's good and bad. But I wasn't ever reckless either. Like the day I got hit, you know, we did all the precautions that we had to. Um, they were trained to do, and it's just you know un- one unfortunate day at work. And, and I also, um, you know, I don't think we're wrapping up. I usually save to the end of my presentations. But the two things that I learned from this, and I, like I said, I, I'm not trying out the phone or anything like that. Yeah, no, you're good. But the two things I've I've learned, and, and maybe you know, you guys have used this with all the stuff you guys do. Is number one, you, um, don't dwell on the past. Like you're never going to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I used to sit in my hospital bed, not hope, and I wish, and I pray this never happened. I, I close my eyes, how to go back in time. And the truth is, it's never going to happen for me. I'm never going to go back to arms and legs. So I just reminisce what I had, you know, <clears throat> 25 years of that. And I've had, you know, eight now years that have been incredible. As well as, you know, I tell people you can't always control your situation, but you can always control your attitude. Um, for instance, every day I wake up, right, I have no arms and legs on because they, they go on the charger or whatever. Um, I jump in my wheelchair next to my bed. I throw my arm on off the charger. I go down and have my lukewarm coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> You know, then my, my family comes down or whatever. They come and have their coffee. We go about our day. And, like, the thing I had happen to me today is I put my legs on, and when I went to leave the house, my left leg died because they're battery-powered. Uh-huh. And it locked straight. I went, oh, crap. But then I got a quick charge on it, so I was able to take my daughter gymnastics, and I go to two two meetings I had. And then I got back home, and my leg died. So I took my legs off and put them on the charger. And now I'm sitting in my wheelchair having a conversation with you guys. 
Well, yeah, that's crazy. See, and, and, and that's your thing is once you establish that as that's you, yeah. that's you now. You know what I mean? Like you said, you, you can't change the past. And that goes for everything. You know, not, not for, you know, it could be for the most extreme cases or not extreme cases, right? And if you have that mindset, mindset is everything, right? It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I tell people, like, um, one of my greatest memories I ever had, right, that I still have, like, my, my happiest things is we moved to Maine, my wife and I, and we built a house. My daughter, of course, you know, she was, um, she's, she's eight now going on nine. But we moved to Maine, and when we first got here, she was, like, four, um, and she could get in her car seat by herself and I could help her and she could get buckled with me helping her. Mm-hmm. And I flew back one night from speaking in Oklahoma at a college and my wife said, Hey, this is your birthday dinner. Um, because tomorrow for your birthday, I have to go to college. She had like classes she took and I said, no problem. So we had a birthday dinner the next day. My wife went to her class and Chloe and I decided we're going to go to Texas Roadhouse. So we went to Texas Roadhouse in my truck. Um, we got out, walked in holding hands, sat down, ate our meals had ice cream and whatever afterwards as a dessert, walked back out holding hands, and she jumped in the truck. Um, I buckled her in, went home, gave her a bath, put her to bed before my wife even got home. And that sounds like a pretty simple night, like, oh, run a nice dinner with your daughter. But the fact was, was I was doing it. Yeah. Nobody yeah. put her in my truck. Nobody right. buckled her in my truck. Nobody, you know, I go and I do everything I want to do. And now, because my medics were Daniel and Alexander, the two guys saved my life. Uh-huh. Um, my wife and I had another uh, child, and it's a little boy, and we named him Dax um, after those two because they made it possible for me to live. And he's like almost three in two months, and he's a wild man. But <laughs> we're, almost, we're almost to that point where I can buckle him in by himself and take him and go do things. You know, I, I'm fortunate to own um, uh, owner part own three businesses plus um, I run a very successful nonprofit. Yeah. So. Life goes on. What are you going to do, right? Yeah, that, that, that's really made amazing. The, made the best of the situation <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, it, everything. I mean, everything that you do now too. I mean, you have your book and you do your talks and everything, motivating other people to be better, right? And and take what they have and don't take things for granted. And and so, how how did you come about uh, writing your book, Tough as They Come? Uh, well, I did a documentary. Um, that's called Travis Soldier Story. And people reached out because they found out that I was going room to room and meeting everybody new that was coming in. Mm-hmm. And it started by a guy doing that for me. And a quadruple amputee flew in from Missouri. And I was like, hey, man, like you're the fourth ever out of um, all of us. And you're going to be fine. And he gave me that hope and that, that direction that I needed to find out, like, hey, look, life's going to go on. And then I went room to room. People read a documentary. And then um, then people wanted to write a book. So we did a book. Um and and it's, it's worked out very well for me. And then I started speaking because Lockheed Martin reached out and wanted me to do a presentation at the World Science or, um, Organization um, Convention. And I was like, yeah, sure. And they put me on the small stage, right, because I wasn't like the main headliner. Bill Nye the Science Guy was. And we had the same time <laughs> slots. But guess what? To get to Bill Nye's presentation, you had to go past mine. And I stole like almost all of his people. So I had more people watching me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. At the National Science Convention, I had more people watch me than Bill and I, the science guy. That's and awesome. That's, you know, that, I mean, I don't know if that's true. They told me that probably was what happened, but, but, um, but yeah, so I, I started doing my presentations then and, and now I do them. Well, not now. COVID's got me slowed down quite a bit, but, yeah. uh, I picked back up in the fall and, you know, I, I was drinking whiskey when I met my neighbor, and I got offered to buy a marina, and I thought, 
well, that sounds like a good plan. So I asked if he wanted to buy it with me, and he said, that sounds like a good plan. And his wife and my <laughs> wife said, don't do it. <laughs> um, so we finished our glasses, and we bought it. And a marina, I, I like a full-fledged marina, piers with uh, people renting to have well, their it, boats there and stuff? It, or It's on a lake. Yeah, it's on a lake in Maine. So we have 36 cabins and cottages and rooms that wow. we rent out, as well as hundred about 186 boat slips. And we have 10 rental boats and a cafe we just put in. Um, that's, it's going really well. That's awesome. That, <laughs> that sounds amazing. I mean, Nicole and I are going to find a place to go in Maine that has boats and cabins <laughs> and a lake. Oh, I know where we can go. <laughs> there you go. Lakeside. Hit lakeside up. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's a good time. And I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I look for opportunities like that. Um, but you can look at your situation. You can be down about it. Or you can think that the world's against you. And you can question why it happened. And then. Um, it just got me nowhere. Matter of fact, there's a state trooper here in Maine that just got hit by a car during a chase. And unfortunately, he's probably going to lose his leg. And everybody reached out to me if I go talk to him. And I said, yeah. And I went and talked to him. And the first thing I told him was, hey, look, you're going to keep questioning, are you a bad person? You're going to keep asking why this happened. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no answer you're ever going to get that's going to satisfy you. So just understand that it happened. Do your best to move forward and know that life is possible. And you know, I think that really sunk in with him. And nice guy. Yeah. But you got to think, you know, you sit there and you wonder, like, why did this happen? Like, why why, why was this my destiny or my yeah. fate, whatever you believe in? Or what if, and, and, you know, the what if, yeah. what if I would have just changed one thing in my day? You know, why didn't I? Do you ever think that yeah. sometimes the opposite, like maybe it happened to you because nobody else could really handle it in the way that you're handling it and that you're inspiring others and motivating others? Good question. Uh, you know, I, I try not to. I try not to. To go with, because people wonder, like, hey, with all the good you're doing, because we have a the Travis Mills Foundation where we bring up combat and mm-hmm. service connected injured veterans and their families, um, and show them how to do things adaptively um, for a free week stay in Maine, right? Like, free week, they fly in on us, we put them up with them and their families, brand new um, estate that we, well, not brand new, we actually renovated the whole thing. Um, and it's going to be a very successful and large foundation, which I'm very proud of. But people always wonder, like, hey, you know, you ever think with all the good you're doing that you'd go back in time and have this happen again? And I tell them, no, I would never. I would never have this happen again. As much good as I'm doing, uh, I'd rather have my arms and legs any day of the week. Yeah. And I hope that doesn't sound selfish. No, because, no, no, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't I, if anybody that. judges you for wanting to no. have your arms and legs back, no. I mean, I, I'd be I'd be far be it for them to make that judgment call because they're not in that situation. Exactly. Well, yeah, and but the thing is, I'm not like I'm not bitter about what happened. I think that's an important thing. Like it, it happened. But as far as if I can go back in time and change it, I would definitely go back in time and change it. You know. Mm. Yeah. But. But you can't, and that's the whole point about the not dwelling on the past is reminiscing because I don't think there's any reason to to do the what-if game. Um, it'll drive you insane, you know. Uh, so I've just learned, hey, look, I'm fortunate. I got my wife and my kids, um, and I live a pretty successful life, so oh, nothing yeah. to be upset about. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not famous like you guys. You know, <laughs> no, but. we are not. We, we are you know, not. This is what I tell <laughs> anybody us- that says that. I, we're, you know, they have like the A list and the B list. and the Z. We're, we're <coughs> close to the Zs. I don't know. Maybe if it, after mm. the Zs it starts with numbers or something, we're, we're down there. Um, is that because of 600 and some thousand followers for <laughs> or the 200 and some thousand for you? I mean, you just let me know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just because, okay, this is, this is how I see it, right? People that are, uh, I'd say, actually famous is they're doing a job, right? Their job is like being on movies or they're actors or something like that or they've done they something. Have, well, they, kinda, have a, they have a talent. Yeah, they have, they have some type of talent. When somebody comes up to me and Nicole on the street and like, oh, my God, you're Nicole and Victor we from have no talent. Big Brother, we're like, how do I turn on, right? 
right? Like I am on right now. This is me that you're getting. And so if I'm not yeah. like, I'm not portraying something. So it's like kind of weird sometimes because I'm just like, oh, you know, great. You know, how you doing? Whatever. And I, and I don't know. And Nicole says this all the time if I'm like under delivering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's nothing to deliver because how you see me is how I am. Right. I, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, because you're a champion, both of you, and everybody's just like, I love what you guys do and who you are, compared to some of these actors who are like, wow, I heard they did this in the public uh, with people. So you're more important to society, especially not just for like the good vibes and the great times and being wonderful and nice people that I think Kelsey and I, I'm like, they seem like so awesome. Um <laughs> But also giving back to the community. I mean, think about your jobs, you know, like, and what you do. It's, it's amazing. Um, so I appreciate that. And, and I respect you guys for that as well. So well, thank kudos you. on that. I appreciate that. And, and, and thank you uh, for your service. What would you say was the name of your foundation? Uh, Travis Mills Foundation. I'm um, kind of conceited. Yeah, I just named everything after myself. Like my speaking company is Travis Mills Group. Um, I wanted Dax's name to be Travis, but my wife said no. I named everything after myself. So whatever. It's just easier that way. Like I have, you know, my daughter's name tattooed on my arm, so I don't forget it. But whatever. Yeah, I get it. No, actually, it's it's real uh, real weird. Um, my ex girlfriend, I tattooed her name on my arm. And my wife was just like, we've got to do something about that. So we named our first daughter after my ex-girlfriend. So. Oh, my gosh. Oh, really? Yeah. No. No, no Victor. <laughs> no, so not bad. at all. Yeah. That's but, you know, it, um, if people wonder, like, you know, why this happened to me, why did I get blown up? It's basically because I had a girlfriend in college I moved home for because she told me she, like, that she loved me, so I should move home. And then I met her boyfriend. So then I was like, this is awkward. So I joined the military. So when I look back at like how this actually happened, how there's arms and legs, it's, it's her fault. So, <laughs> yeah, she hates that joke, but I don't really care. So whatever. Um, no, no, guys. I, I, look, I, I appreciate um, the opportunity to come and tell you guys my story, honestly. And I know I say it so nonchalantly. It seems like it's, uh, it doesn't impact me, but it definitely has. It's just about adapting the situation and overcoming. And people always say, oh, wounded warrior. And I'm like, I don't like the term wounded. Yeah, um, nothing to do with the foundation. Just I, I use recalibrated, if anything. But um, the real thing is, I like people just call me Travis, you know. Mm-hmm. And I get questions like, "Hey, if I see someone like you on the street, like, what do I say?" And I'm like, "Hello or hi." <laughs> I don't, you know. Well, like, yeah, but you know, if they're like you, I'm like, what, "What do you mean, like me? Like arms and legs?" Well, yeah, I'm like, "They're a regular person. Just say hi." I was about to say, or and, I, and if anything, it might be weird if they don't know you. So maybe just smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I get people that stare at me and then like they don't want to get caught looking. And I've had people like walk into signs or walk into end caps on aisles. Like, what the? You know, but I'm pretty well known now where I live in Maine, so it's not like weird anymore. Yeah, um, it is a little weird. Like I went back to Michigan. and I was in Frankenmuth, right? Everybody goes to Frankenmuth and oh, does stuff. Has a favorite place. I love Frankenmuth. And um, I mean, it's it's all right. You know, they're our school rivals. They're, they're all, but uh, I walk through and then all of a sudden, like I see an Instagram story, like, oh my gosh. Travis Mills was in Franklin today. It's like a blurry picture because I was walking as they were driving in a car. Like, I saw Travis Mills today. And I'm like, man, I just feel like, I feel like Nicole Vick, you know? Like, this is what they get all the time. They're so famous. No. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's my 10 seconds of fame. They get all the time. It's so cool. Hey, if you ever come back to, if you come back to Michigan, ever let us know. Yeah, We'd love you, to yeah, yeah. hang out. Get Definitely. Some, oh, get some dinner. I, I would, I would love to. And, um, I, I do come back. My mom and dad, Here's the thing. I bought this marina. I convinced my parents to run it for me and like, hey, guys, come run this marina. It's like a coast into your retirement. My dad's already retired. So they sold my 
uh, family house, I guess, not my house, but their house, which mm-hmm. my grandpa and great-grandpa, you know, and I was supposed to buy, but I didn't. They sold it to my brother but on a land contract, you know, for taxes reasons and stuff like yeah. that. So they didn't, you know, for five years, my brother makes payments to pay the mortgage stuff down when he has to take a mortgage out. And I thought, man, I got them. I convinced them. They wanted the, my brother to take a loan out, but I convinced them land contract. And the reason was because if they ever quit the marina, they'd be homeless. Oh, um, you know, gotcha. so, so I had them. But then they did a workaround and they just built a house anyway. So now they're back. <laughs> <laughs> That's Guys, really, that was a joke. I, I don't want my parents to be homeless. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's cool, though, that, you know, you're able to do that with your parents, right? Because you guys share something like that. Yeah. You know? So they moved, so they yeah. moved out there. You they, said, right? My, uh, yeah, they came back this summer, too. My dad just got back to Michigan, actually. He's got to do some stuff around his house. They got new lawn and stuff like that going in because um, it's a brand new house of last year, but in October, December or something. But my mom's still here um, in Maine. She's working at the marina right now. She loves it. Um, you know, she's kind of in charge of the whole show. So, like, no one – like, it's weird. You ever own a business and you show up and you get, like, a list of chores? <laughs> and then, like, you do the chores so then you get told what sandwich, you know, to go get your mom or what coffee. <laughs> and then you come back and then like you get another list of chores and you can't go home till they're done that's kind of like my life and it, you know, it, like, it's funny because it's your business too yeah. you know what yeah, I mean? i'm like i'm the owner <laughs> my mom they're like okay all right big trev okay now go get this done owner quotation marks owner yeah okay i would yeah. love i would yeah. love my parents to be able to like help with the business because you know they have the your best interests yeah, in mind exactly. so it's like yeah it's like okay i'll go grab your coffee and your sandwich because i know you're like doing me such like you know they would never do anything bad to the business or anything like that yeah, oh yeah that's a good feeling. yeah and then like i got a traeger um smoker so i'm smoking two chickens tonight so like i gotta pick my mom up i heard know, those grills are awesome i heard those things are awesome you know they are they really are and um i'm gonna take five hours or six hours and smoke two chickens like little chickens and it's gonna be delicious tonight i do love them if you ever are thinking like i want to get a smoker let me tell you something the one i have is like it's got wi-fi so say you're doing like a turkey which yeah. the turkeys come out way better than you've ever had before. Um, and the, I, I would imagine because anyway, whatever. Say you're doing <laughs> a turkey and you go to your daughter's soccer game an hour and 15 minutes away. But the requirement is you take the temperature from 180 to 225 after two hours. How do you do it? Oh, you log in on your phone and you just up the temperature while you're watching your daughter's soccer game. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, Victor does that with our air conditioner right now. It drives me nuts. He's not even home and he has it like connected to his phone so he can control the temperature when he's the one that's not here. And I just hear it go off. I'm like, he's, he's like so controlling with the background. <laughs> it, you know what? It, it's it's like that Family Guy episode. It's like my thingy went off. You know, it's like oh the AC's been tampered with. My thingy went off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He was Can't have that. <laughs> Oh my you want, gosh! Now, now, but where are you at with it? Are you like the um, the, the commercials where it's like the alt, like that's at the you know uh, you ever see the, I think it's Progressive that does it where they do like the, turn into your parents. Yeah. And then, then the yeah. guy's like right behind the shoulder. Are you more of like I want it cold or I want it at the optimal? So I'm more, I'm actually more like my dad where it's like, you can use the windows. You can be more conservative where he's just like blasting at 64 all day, every day. Well, okay. So this is, this is my take on it. If, if I'm going to be in my home, I'm going to be comfortable. Right. I oh, will, yeah. I will yeah. pay for that comfortableness. Right. I'm not going to get here and like, all right, <laughs> let me open five windows and turn a fan on to get air in here. And it might take a few minutes. And then later I'm going to have to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to wait for the sun to set right at the perfect level to have the windows open. Right. It's like, I have an AC. I'm going to use it. Yeah. Why but you like, you can't run it all the time. That's like my thing is like, you can't break things and overuse them. I'm just saying that. 
I lived in the country, and I think that's the difference. And Travis, then- wanna, uh, can you serve <laughs> as our mediator here in, in this? Uh- yeah, yeah. But I also I want you guys to know I run hot, so my blood circulates faster than everybody else. When you, your heart beats, goes your fingers and toes usually, and then it comes back cool down. Oh, Mine doesn't. Yeah. When you really see it from your body, it's hitting as a feet. I'm missing four of the five. And then even though everywhere, I, like I wear shorts and a t-shirt for the most part all year round, mm-hmm. um, like my legs are capped off with three layers. So like a third of my body is just always hot. So I am, I'm actually, I'm on the, the 64 degrees all year round side. Thank you. Well, I do Thank like you. it cold because I leave the window open and put a fan in the window. Oh, now, and you, it gets, now you agree with no, him? No, I'm now telling you, agree Victor, you know that I love it freezing, but I also <laughs> don't like to run everything all the time. Yeah. That's the point. No, it's, it's, it's fine. I, I, I get where she's coming from. And Whatever, this is, Victor. this is how most of our conversations go. Yes. And, yes. Uh, but you know, I, um, my buddy Jocko, if you guys ever heard Jocko willing, oh, you know what, extreme. you know, what's funny that that's why I, uh, I bring this up. Jocko is the last podcast I was listening to on the Joe Rogan podcast. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what an inspirational guy that is and what great insight he has as well from the SEAL teams yeah. and what he brings to life now. And, and it's, it's awesome. Well, he, he's a phenomenal guy. Um, I, I not he's kind of a mentor in my speaking, but also as a friend of mine, but, um, um, his book, Extreme Ownership, that he wrote, it's basically like going through problems that companies have. And even though it, you, you got to find a way for it to be your problem, basically, like something's wrong, you just, you take ownership of it. So whenever I get in a fight with Kelsey, I'm always like, you know what? You're right. I was wrong. And here's why I was wrong. I'll fix it. And it's just like, she's stunned. Like, what the heck? What just happened? <laughs> oh, Victor, you should do that. I'm always the one that has to say I'm wrong, even if I'm not wrong. Okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, well, so, uh, uh, Travis, where can people find you on social media if they're looking for you? Uh, so my handles are all SSG Travis Mills on Instagram and Facebook. I appreciate the shout out there. And mm-hmm. then on, um, I guess Twitter, I don't really do Twitter, but whatever. That's all the same. And then travismills.org is my website. And that's for, you know, for all your Travis Mills needs, visit travismills.org. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, but, you, you, you're awesome. We have your phone number, so we're going <laughs> to, yeah. we're going to creep on you. <laughs> Victor. No, we Love are it. not going to creep on you. <laughs> What's hurtful? I didn't do a good job. We can't be friends. Do you see Nicole? Yes, but we won't be creepy. Nicole, perspective versus reality. Okay. Obviously, I'm not just going <laughs> to use his number and like send him a bunch of weird stuff. Okay. Um, no, but thank you, well, thank you so much for hopping on. <laughs> absolutely. And you guys have Facebook, or, or I mean, I'm sorry, Facetime. So I know you have iPhones. So that means you have an emojis. Let me tell you something. My New Year's resolution this year. Because like before, it was like read my emails. I'm horrible at that. I did. I wanted to do more emojis last year, and I and this year as well. I'm crushing it. You Is the emoji the one where it's like the animal and you talk, and it talks as you as an yeah. animal? We've never yeah. done those before. <laughs> I never use oh, that. God. How do you do that? Oh, you got to just just go in your text message and then hit the little animal thing, the emoji, and then just talk oh, and hold the thing down. That. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, funny. It's worth your time. I'm not sure whose number this is, but I'll, I'll send you guys one if you that's want. That's Nicole. Go ahead. Take, just <laughs> bombard her with emojis. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Let's get back to your day. And um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to. You guys are famous, so I don't want to hold your day up. Oh my so God. I, no, not <laughs> at all. I appreciate the time. If I come back to Michigan um, in the near future or not in the near future, I'll hit you guys up. See if you guys want to yeah. come hang out. I got, I got events I'm doing in Michigan. Like I have a 5K that's going to be virtual now, but it's supposed to be. Right there in Vassar, so next year we'll do that. But but yeah, love to see you guys and hang out. My wife would be just like amazed, obviously, because you guys yeah. are famous. Heck yeah, that, that'd be awesome. I'd definitely be in Vassar for a 5K. I don't mind that. That sounds like a good time. 
I also know you're very tough, so if I came off wrong towards you, I apologize because the whole show, I'm like, he just seems like such a nice guy. No, you're great. I I love it. I love it. I, I love that you're energy. Tough too. I know that. <laughs> Rough exterior as well. But, no. All right, guys. Thanks so much okay. for your time. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, uh, you, you too, too, Travis. Thanks. Bye. Right. Take care. Appreciate you guys. Bye bye. What a fun and inspirational guy Travis is. Oh yeah, definitely. Like in he has <laughs> he has such a sense of humor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know. You, you would never know and you could never tell that he's ever been through like a traumatic experience like that mm-hmm. to come out on the other side because the way he acts and the way he carries himself is like it's yeah. just it's it's awesome. Yeah. Right. I know. I I agree. And I uh, he did he did send a text uh with the with what's it, Animojis? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Animoji, something I like can't that. Remember. But yeah, he sent a message and then I sent one back uh just funny. like that. It was kind of funny. Um but anyways, Nicole, you have a weird or normal. Okay, so this week's weird or normal is is it weird or normal to clean your pet's eyes? Um I okay, so I think mm-hmm. it's normal mm-hmm. if there's something in their eye. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird if you're on a regular schedule just cleaning their eyes for the sake of just cleaning their eyes. I am on a regular schedule. I love to clean their eyes. But what do you what's in their eyes that you want to clean? That's my oh question. Oh my gosh, I love it. I'm so weird. This is like one of the weirdest things about me. I just like I don't know if I like like if it has to do with like how I love to pick things and pop things and I love to just like clean their eyes. I don't know. But what is in their eye? Well, it's not in their, it's around their eye. It's not actually like I'm digging in their eye. It's just around their eye, you know, like sleep basically. Like the eye boogers? Yeah, that's exactly what they are. I like to clean those. So what do you do with them? Uh, I'm not going to admit it. I don't know. I just brush. You smell it? No. I, I brush them just back. Like, I'll just, like, pet them and they kind of, like... Oh, I mean, just, like, take it out of their... Like, it might yeah. go right into their hair, but you just move it out of their eye. I mean, I probably, if it was big enough, I'd use a tissue. I do know people use tissues, and I think that's normal. I think it's very weird how I just, like... Like, for example, our kitty had, like, an eye infection, so she had gunk, so we'd actually use, like, a napkin... Yeah, that's normal. ...right to clean out her so eye. So I only clean, like, my dog's eyes. It takes me a while to clean an animal's eyes, but if it's, like... Sometimes, you know, it's, like, hard, so it's, like... You pick at it. It's, it's like more, crusty. Yeah. So it's so gross. Right? That sounds so nasty. I know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. Is there, any, you, yeah, is there anyone else? I love to pick scabs and stuff. And, and like my dogs don't gross me out at all. I, I would never go pick a stranger's dog's like dried sleep. His face right now is disgust. Yeah, because it, I don't know, it just sounds I nasty never, to I should have never brought this one up. <laughs> I should have never brought this one up because people are totally going to think mean, there's, I'm... There's people, there's, I mean, there's so many people out there, right? There's, there's bound to be, be people at least that like are, five people who do the same thing, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, I can imagine people do that to like their kids, right? Their babies and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but see, like to me, I don't have a baby yet, so it grosses me out when I see like the mom digging their finger up their nose. I'm like, ooh. But <laughs> I think once I have a kid, it's like this is so normal. Oh, I mean, I so feel like I you're going to be looking forward to that. And be no, like, ooh, I get to pick boogers out of my baby's nose. You're so annoying. No, <laughs> I do not think I will like that at all. I tried to pick your nose before, and it really grossed me out. That's disgusting. I don't like that at all. I, I don't. I don't like you picking stuff off of my body let's just put it that way i don't i don't like that at all <laughs> anyway i digress okay so nicole spanish word of the day okay. you ready 
The Spanish word of the day is recuperación. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, sir. <laughs> Say that again. Recuperación. Say it without rolling anything. Recuperación. Recuperación. Wow. Wow, wow. I have no idea. Recuperación. Okay. Say it without the R's. Recuperación. I don't like saying it without the R's because then you're not saying it correctly. Does it You know have, what I mean? Like, I know, but I can't. Otherwise, it's all like so much together. I can't understand what you're saying. Recu. Like, I, if you spelt it on the board, is like what I'm trying to imagine in my head when I tell you to say Recuperación. Recuperación. Is it with something to do with our guest? Yep. Does it have to do with like, um, it makes me think of like deployment, soldier, um, kind of like a mission You're type thing. You're on the complete wrong track. Oh. Complete wrong track. Dang it. Recuperación. Like recoup, recoup, recuperación. Recovery? Recovery. Whoa, see? Yeah. If I would have like, seen how it's spelled. Re, but you wouldn't have seen it that way, though. Recuperación. Yeah, so it means recovery. Okay. But you didn't. Uh, did you get it, though? No, I didn't. I give you 50%. Because I, I gave you a little bit, so you. Got I was it. talking out loud, and you're the one that said no. I was I wasn't like submitting those answers. I wasn't. I didn't say no. I said you're on the wrong track. Yeah, I was. Just I was talking. trying to guide you back. I got a it. Bit. I got it. I think I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to read a review because without you guys, the listeners, the person that's here right now in their car listening to this, there is no us. So we appreciate you, and for that, I'm going to read this from Hannah and Chris. Muy caliente, five stars. Ooh. My fiancé and I love listening to this podcast. If we were going on a short road trip to visit family, he will remind me not to listen to it yet so we can listen together. Victor and Nicole remind us so much of our own relationship. Their banter and their weirder normal segments are so funny and relatable. Each guest on the podcast has been so enjoyable to listen to, and Victor and Nicole do a great job of directing the conversation and letting it flow. We're so excited to hear about their wedding once COVID calms down and to listen to this podcast as they grow their family in the future. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. I'm glad that <clears> you had can a frog relate. in my throat there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, you relate to us. That makes us feel good. And I, and I feel like our weird and normal segments just keep getting a little bit weirder <laughs> because I'm more comfortable, but um, I'm glad that there's like other people like me out there. Yeah. There's other weirdos out there. I don't know there. how there's other... People like Victor. I mean, I feel like I'm more normal than weird. But I consider myself unique and limited edition. Mm. There's several of you. Oh, yeah. There are. There are. Are there? <laughs> yes, there are. Okay. Well, thank you guys so, so much. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest way is on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. So you can tell your friends. They can go on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com and you can listen there as well. And also you can check out our merchandise. Don't forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram and at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. Thank you. Thanks. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, 
Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.